Father, we thank you for the word of God that we we'll go in to share right now. I do pray that you will open our hearts, O oh dear Lord, and our minds to be able to receive what you've got in store for us. Your word says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I give unto them eternal life. Father, as I open my mouth to speak, I pray that Lord God, your spirit will issue forth your voice even through me. That in Jesus' name, each one of us, because we are the flock, O oh dear Lord, under your care. We shall hear your voice and we shall follow you and your name will be glorified in Jesus' name. The word that the Lord laid upon my heart when I realized that we, are, we will not have our brother together with us is a simple word, but yet once again, just like last time when I told you, put on your seatbelt, I will urge you to put on your seatbelt again. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God that came to my heart is, let go of the illusion. Let go of the illusion. Turn to your neighbor, tell him or her, let go of the illusion. Turn to the other one, tell him or her, let go of the illusion. The word of God says, we have been called unto the truth. And he says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Truth is reality. The way things really are. Not an illusion in our mind. Not what we might desire. Not what we might be thinking. But truth is what truth is. No wonder Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And he declares, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So you know the Lord Jesus, and he makes you free for the glory of his holy name. Remember what our sister shared with us last Sunday. And, and, and I hope the word continues to pump within your spirit as she shared about Mary. And the most important bit of, let it be unto me according to your word. Learning to be obedient to what it is that the Lord wants to do or he's doing in our, in our lives. And so to, uh, today, as we touch on this particular aspect of let go of your illusion, I just want to begin once again by us looking at our, our, the, the vision and the motto of our fellowship as Hope Community Church West London. You know it very well why we say that our vision is connect, grow, and go. And the scripture that we have based it mainly on is Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13 to verse 16 which says you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its flavor how shall it be seasoned it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men and women you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. God bless you, my sister. But on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That is what we have put forth as the vision of Hope Community Church West London. And then our motto, if you remember our motto, 
declares love, accept, and honor every person as they are. Love, accept, and honor every person as they are. And it's according to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, where he says, Therefore, whatever you want men or women to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That is the word, that's the word of the Lord. That is our vision and our motto. Now, if you look at each one of them, there is something very unique about that vision and that particular motto. Connect, grow, go. Love, accept, and honor every person as they are. There's one thing, one thread that runs through all those particular words. They are intentional. It is, you make up your mind, I'm going to do this. By the grace of God, I'm going to go this particular direction, and I'm going to accomplish this particular thing. It is not a wishy-wishy thing that you'll sit back and hope that it will happen just in the blues. No. It is something you rise up and you make your boots dirty. You make your hands dirty as you dig into it to make it a reality for the glory of God. When he speaks, he speaks. But you and I, the, the choice is upon us to arise and carry out what it is that he has said. He says it. His word, he, he, his, he, the way he works, he works by words. He speaks. And he has made you to be the physical one, to, to work it out. While him, he does the speaking. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And it's, it's such a nice connection. And so similarly for us, if our vision is going to be realized, and if the, the, our motto is going to be made a reality, we must let go of our illusions. Whatever illusion that you may be having, you must cast it out and come to the real world. Come to the real earth. You are the light. You don't assume that it will, it will shine. You must make it shine. Praise the Lord. He says, that, so let your light shine. He says it is intentional. You must make yourself your light to shine. You are the salt of the earth. And he says that salt, if you go and just keep it in that particular jar there and lock it up there, it will not affect anything. It must get into the, into, the, into the dishes, into the stew, whatever it is that you are making, for it to be able to season it and bring a change. Similarly unto us, wherever it is that we are, whatever it is that we are doing, our saltness must be felt, whether it is here in the fellowship where we are and outside for the glory of God. Our saltness is not felt in the inner closet while we are praying. It is felt when we step outside into the real life and we come in contact with my brother, with my sister. Then it is discovered, I, yeah, that is the salt really of the earth. That is the light. He or she is really shining oh, for, the glory, for the glory of God. Remember what he says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Some very interesting word. When... When Paul writes and he says this particular words, where he says that Philippians chapter two, yeah, verse twelve. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Remember last time when he talked of putting on. The garment, put in, how are you dressed when we touch that particular topic? And here, 
Paul comes and writes unto us, or the scripture tells us those particular wonderful words, and he says that, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Our salvation, as it follows, as we have been born again, it is not um, just a matter of our confession by mouth. Oh, that, you know, I am saved, and then it ends there. Oh, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then it ends there. The Lord is calling us unto a deeper, and unto, unto a, a serious place with him, where those words are turned into words, uh, into action. That we start working out what it is that we confess. Our faith, as we speak it out, as we declare that this is what I believe, it is realized in what it is that we are doing, that, oh, yes, that faith is a real faith. It is a living faith. It is not just a matter of faith. I'm a Christian, but my life does not line up to what being a Christian is. That I am filled with the Holy Spirit, but my life does not line up with what being with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit is. That I am, I've got the power of God, anointing of God in my life, but my life is not lined up with that which I am confessing, he declares, if you, if you go to, as we say, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. James chapter 2, verse 14 and 26. The scripture says these interesting words. You'll just listen, we, we'll do again a lot of scripture today. The word of God says in James chapter 2, from verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can his faith save him? Remember, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does it profit, my brethren? That is verse 14 of chapter 2, verse uh, James, James. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith uh, but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Does, does also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19. You believe that there, are, there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and they tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man or oh woman, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see then, that a man or a woman is justified by works and not by faith only. Those two have to go in hand in hand. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by, uh, by another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And what, what is the scripture trying to tell us? 
It is telling us that this body rasping, what I began with, let go of your illusion. There are whole Christian fellowships that have been broken down because they sprang up from an illusion of a man or a woman or an, a dream of one man or one woman somewhere. The Christian fellowship is supposed to grow based on this, the word of God. Not what I envision myself or what you envision yourself. Because he said, I will build my church. Praise God. Any ministry that will grow up based on the vision of that particular individual, finally that ministry many times will crumble somewhere around the, the, the way. Why? Because the vision for the church is that. The vision for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ is this. Not what men and women may perceive and say that this is my vision. It can be their vision. But the vision, he said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so you, my brother and my sister, as we enter into what it is that the Lord is calling us unto, I want you to read that, you know, we sometimes we can identify a, a definite idea and we try, you know, we, tr we try to leave it out. We try to realize that particular idea. But many times, some of those particular ideas, they crumble, they crumble along the way and we start wondering what happened. If you look in Romans chapter 12, we'll read one interesting bit that the word of God says here. Romans chapter 12 and from verse, from verse 1 and to verse 8, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than they ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Each one of us, we have a measure of faith. Verse 4, he says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having then gifts, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion of our faith, if ministry, let us use it uh, in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. One thing that the grace of God, if you grasp what the scripture is saying there is, the grace of God comes into our situations and it tends to shatter the dreams or the illusions that we have. It brings us to the realization that this is what God wants to be done in the midst of the body of believers. Now, I want you to realize something. Sometimes if I come here with my, my own illusion of what each one of you ought to be, and I come here expecting you to be according to how I envisioned it in my mind, you know what will happen? I will get very disappointed. 
The same thing with you. When you come here, you have already set a vision in your mind. This is what a Christian is supposed to be. This is what the Christian fellowship is supposed to be. And you come in the midst of any of that fellowship. Let me tell you, look at a cross. You see all these particular faces. Every one of them, they are individual and they are independent. They live their independent lives. You will be disappointed. Because they will not line up with what you have been expecting all along. But God has a way to get along with all of us in the way that we are. Praise the Lord. And that's the reason why, you know, if you remember in that particular motto, love, accept, and honor every person as they are. That's what the Lord is trying to draw us close. The grace of God is reaching out unto us to lead us into a genuine Christian fellowship, a genuine Christian church. Where I accept you as you are. You, you know, with all the, you, the, the defects or that I may have or all the whatever that I may have or you may have, we learn how to be able to live together and accomplish the will and the purposes of God in our midst for the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, God wants to lead us into a genuine fellowship. You know, he wants to get, you know, to have that great dissolutionment, you know, with others, with, with our fellow Christians, and with ourselves. The, you know, the dissolutionment is referring to you get rid of your illusion. You put your illusions aside, and you come to take the, this brother or that sister as they are. I use exactly the same example I've used before in, in your families. You've got some brothers or some sisters that, are, that, that, that really, you know, they, they, they really get on your nerve. Every other single day, there is nothing he or she does that, you know, pleases you. And you feel like boxing the character every now, every now and then. But you don't have an alternative. He is your brother. He is your sister. And you can't get away from it. You are born together. There's nothing. You, you've got the same blood from the same parents. So you can't run away from it. Somehow, he will always say, Sarah is my sister. Giovanna is my brother or my sister. Whether you like it or not, you are stuck. Without particular, even if you say, I will never think of him, at some point you'll remember, my brother, my sister. I hate that person, sometimes we say. But what the Lord is calling us unto is, there is a grace that he is desiring that we get rid of those particular illusions or those particular dreams that we have put together so that he may be able to work in us. That is, God does not permit us, even for a moment, to live in the dream world. If you realize, we, there are sometimes we have some dreams that I know they are rapturous. You know, they are, we, sometimes we get in some moods that are so good and you want to stick in that particular place. You know, it's like a child saying, I don't want to grow up because it's nice to be a child. Everybody will take care of me. I don't have to do anything. I just want to remain. And they will try to force themselves to remain children. They will not. In due time, they start fighting. They carry taller and taller and taller. And due time, they start being called adults. They have got to make their own decisions. That is exactly what the Lord is looking at you and looking at me in bringing us into an experience so that we may be able to grow into the purposes and into the will that God has desired over us. I want you to, to, to look at you know, a, 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 a short scripture that is again in Isaiah. It's a, it's a scripture that we know very well. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. The Bible says, you know the story. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. 
Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings, and two with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which with which he had which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. And also I have the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. The man who had unclean lips, the man who was dwelling amongst unclean people, there before he had not realized. If you go to Isaiah, there before he was a, he was a, he was a professional in pointing fingers. And you know we know how to point fingers. I think I know you know what I'm talking about. We know how to point fingers every other single day. Him, ha, he, ho, ha, he. You know, we, we are professionals in that. That's what Isaiah was. If you read from chapter 1, coming through to chapter 5, he was very good at pointing fingers, you know, of how evil that the people were. But suddenly in chapter 6, he gets into contact with reality. He sees the Lord. And when he sees the Lord, suddenly he discovers, man, I know nothing. I am a man of unclean lips. I am undone. I am dead. I'm a dead man. Why? All along he had been living an illusion. Until he came into contact with what God had planned and set out for him. My brother, my sister, I want you to look unto the Lord and realize what has God called me to be as a Christian. And let me start living it out. No longer a matter of my being, you know, imagining that, imagining I'm a Christian and then I live as if I'm living in the world and doing things of the world the way they are done in the world. Let my talk line up with what it is that he has called. Let that call touch my lips that I will speak aright. Let it touch my thoughts that I will think aright. Let it touch my desires that I will desire aright. Let it touch my emotions that my emotions will be lined up with what the Lord has desired to me, had desired me to be. We are sojourners in, in the world. We have not been called to be permanent residents across here. And so we must always look where we are going. Somebody said, if you, and even I experienced it when we were, when I was learning to ride a bicycle. It's interesting. If you, if you get the bicycle on the bicycle and look in the wheels, where are you, where are you? Let me see how I'm going to pedal, how I'm going so that I may pedal. Within no time, you're on the gravel. You before you're falling down and wounds all over. But strange enough, if you want to learn how to ride, the moment you look ahead and forget about here, look where you are going, somehow strange enough, the thing becomes stable and it starts going and going and going. It go, follows a straight line. He is calling us to look unto him. And as we look unto him, I will know how to deal with my brother or my sister for the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is something that happens when we look at each other. You will see all the unhappiness and the ugly aspects that are in our individual lives. That is reality. That is who you are and that is who I am. 
What you see is what you get, generally, basically. And it is not a matter of what I speak. It is how I live my life that finally this manifests who I truly am. My fruit reveals who I am. And so, my brother and my sister, I want each you and I, let us look at ourselves and then we ask ourselves of the Lord, Lord, am I living an illusion or am I living a real life? You know, I, the, the life that you want me, that you want me to live. You know, the sooner we come out and of the realization, you know, that we either have been in an illusion, the sooner we do that, the better for us and the better for the, the better for the fellowship. Because what, for what always happens, if we insist on keeping that illusion, it ends up destroying the fellowship. Because you will never agree with your brother. You will never agree with your sister. You will never like your brother, you will never like your sister. But the love of God will teach you that in the ugliness of that brother or that sister, I can be able to reach him. And I can be able to touch him. I can be able to fellowship with him and shade the light that I am to that, into that particular life. And in that way, he will be brought in. Now, what it says, connect, grow, and go. It is in those particular difficult times on that we start realizing this is what I've been called to. I've been called, we've been called to be a family, to link hands together. Whether we disagree or not, the kingdom must go ahead. So my disagreement with my brother or my sister is useless as far as the kingdom is concerned. Uh, we've got to build this thing and make it stand for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Praise God. Uh, we've spoken of it in times before. Even times when we are worshipping, we're going to be worshipping. Somebody will raise his hands because she's free or he's free in being able to raise their hands. Another one feels they are so comfortable in worship when they sit down and just sing quietly when they are sitting. The one who is dancing there will say that one is not spiritual. That one sits there and does nothing. They should dance for the Lord. No. The issue is let us get into reality and accept one another as we are. If somebody rises up and rolls here on this side, don't say that is a demon. No, they are free. They are free to roll here and worship the Lord as they roll. You, if you are not free to worship the Lord in that way, thank God. Oh, thank God for my brother. He is so free. He can roll. Me, I can sit here and worship you, Lord Jesus. You accept our worship, oh God, in Jesus' name. That's, that's the reality that the Lord is calling us unto. And as a fellowship, we will grow stronger. We will grow to love each other more. We will grow to have wings and will fly and will become the ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ that he has called us to be. If at all we attain that particular grace that, and it will work in our lives. What happens is that when our dreams are injected into the fellowship, they hinder the move of God in that particular fellowship. I want you to realize that when you dream and my dream, I injected into the fellowship. We have not submitted those dreams to God. But this is what I have imagined my spirit. This is what this is such a the way a lovely fellowship should be. It should have such kind of people, such kind of people. This kind of people should not be here. These other kind of people should not be here. Only this type is the one that we want. God didn't call us to such a body. I've even found uh, the hand looking like the, the, the leg looking like the eye. The leg will always remain the leg. Praise God. It can never, it knows how to step in the mud and it doesn't care. But try to go put your eye in the mud and then you'll tell me, you'll tell me what will happen. 
That's exactly what he, that's exactly how we, we behave. That because, uh, because you are the eye and I am the leg that is used to going into the mark, into the market bit to go to make sure the body carries through and goes through, you say that leg is so dirty, it is useless. It, I don't want to have anything to do with that particular leg, not knowing it is the one that is carrying you to take you across to the other side of the valley. May we get rid of our illusions. Praise the Lord. May we learn to accept and to love our brothers and our sisters and the glory of God shall be revealed. I want, what I want us to do is go before the Lord today or in the days that are ahead. Lay your visions and your expectations and your dreams and your illusions at his feet. Tell him, Lord, I cast them at your feet. Here I am. Let your vision and your purposes for the fellowship that is Hope Community Church be realized in me so that we may be able to grow to be the body that, Lord, you have desired us to be in the name of Jesus Christ. That is to love your dream, to love that particular dream you have of the fellowship, to have that, to love, to be in love with that illusion of that dream that you have of the fellowship will actually end up destroying. If you have that love for that dream more than you have for the fellowship, it will end up destroying that fellowship that you are hoping to be able to build. That fellowship will not be what God desired it to be. It will be your dream. So, my brother, my sister, let us, do, let us not live in the experience of yesterday. Let us just read one account, or two, yeah, two, two, one, one, mainly one account, and You'll, you'll realize what it is that I'm talking about. In the book of Joshua, there's an interesting story that is said in Joshua. I looked at it this morning, and I, 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 it, 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 it struck a chord with me. Joshua chapter 7, from verse 1. This is after Joshua and uh, the children of Israel... This is after Joshua and the children of Israel had conquered Jericho. What a powerful uh, you know, miracle, what a powerful manifestation of God's presence had been manifested at that particular time. They had routed Jericho and they were on the cloud, cloud number nine. They were, hey, amen, God works and does wonders through us. There is none like us. We are unique. We are a unique fellowship. We are a powerful fellowship. Watch out, watch out. In, a, in, in Joshua chapter 7, the Bible says from verse 1 up to verse 12, he says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Aven on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out I. Now listen. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack I. Do not weary, do not weary all the people there, for the people of I are few. So about 3,000 men went up and went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim, 
and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought these people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites. To destroy us. All that we had been content. And dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Oh Lord. What shall I say when the Israel. When Israel turns its back before its enemies. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it. And surround us. And cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Verse 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of their cursed things and have put stolen and de they have, they have sto both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore, unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Praise God. That is a hard scripture. Yeah. Hallelujah. But it is scripture all the same. You realize what had happened to Israel. They had had powerful victory. But the following day, they were down, 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 down in the valley. Crushed completely. Why? They had gone on the basis on the experience of yesterday. That I won, I won, and I will still win tomorrow. You must remain in the reality. You must remain in the truth. If the truth is going to work for you. You will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Praise the Lord. Don't make illusions and assumptions that if God did it the other day, he will automatically do it. No. Make sure you are lined up with his purposes today. Today. Forget about yesterday, my brother, my sister. Let us live in the now. Now. What is he saying now? What is he doing now? Not God spoke, 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 spoke. No, he is still speaking today. And I want you and I to hear what is he saying now. Yes, what he spoke, we take it. We don't disregard it. We hold it. But we tell him, Father, yes, you spoke. But how does what is today align with what you said so that we may be able to line up with your purposes and with your will? I may love my brother. I may love my sister. And I may fulfill your will as you desire of me for the glory of God in the name of Jesus Christ as I finish listen to what Ezekiel says in Ezekiel chapter 33 it's some hard harsh words he's speaking of the watchman He's called the watchman and hope community church the Lord has spoken to you and say that he has called you to be a watchman. And as we prepare ourselves and wait on him for him to reveal what it is that we've got to say and what we've got to do. Hear what he says. Therefore, you O son of man, that is in verse 12 of 33. 
Say to the children of your people, now listen to this, the righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. When I say to the righteous, this is the Lord saying, that he shall surely live, but he or she trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered. But because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. If he turns from his sin and does what is lawful and right, if the wicked restores the pledge and gives back what he has stolen and walks in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful and right. He shall surely live. Yet the children of your people say, The way of the Lord is not fair, but it is your way which is not fair. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall die because of it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is lawful, he shall, and right, he shall live because of it. Praise the Lord. Let go of your illusion. Let us work out our salvation with fear and with trembling. Let us know that our God is a consuming fire. And let us seek to connect together as a fellowship, my beloved ones. Pray for one another. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. I'll say this at a time. Thank God for the faith of your brother or your sister. I don't know how, and I ask again, I don't know how many of you thank God for the faiths of each other here. That you say, I thank God for the sake of Sophia. I thank God for the faith of Gwen. I thank God, oh, thank you, Father, for the faith of Julie. Thank you, Father, for the faith of Sarah. Thank you, Father, for the faith of Charles. Thank you, Father, for the faith of Karen. Thank you, oh, Lord, for the faith of Michael. Thank you, Jesus, for the faith of, the faith of Sunil. Lord, I thank you for the faith of, 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 of Chris. Oh, Father, what a faith that my brother Dwayne has. Thank you for the faith, oh, God. Thank you for the faith of my sister Lona. Lord, I bless you for the faith of Karen. Oh, Father, how awesome is the faith of my sister Savannah. Lord, I thank you for the faith of Tyra. Lord, I give you thanks for Janet's faith. And for Leah, I say thank you, everlasting Father. You will take one hour just offering thanks only for the faith. And you know what? As you thank God for the faith of the, of the beloved ones, his heart is tickled that, yeah, He's thanking me for the faith, or she's thanking faith for my, of my children. I'll pour more faith into the lives of these beloved ones. I'll pour more faith. I'll activate more faith so that they can become more vibrant for me in the fire and in serving me for the glory of God, that my gifts may operate in them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, I thank you for your faith. I thank God for the, your faith. Thank God for Hallelujah. Turn to the other one. Tell him, I said, I thank you also for your faith. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 